What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. So we got an episode of Dynasty Overload today. So I want to talk about a few players that you need to grab in your fantasy drafts. There are players right now that their stocks are skyrocketing. When I say skyrocketing, I mean skyrocketing into a whole another stratosphere and the first player that i'm going to talk about is Jahan dotson what's good steve man appreciate you hopping on the stream steve says who's the better handcuff chandler or gaskins and, and this is a great question i was just grabbing gaskins all over my dad all over my dynasty uh teams right now because i feel like gaskins brings a different element to the game for the Vikings, at least we know who Gaskins is. He started, he's done some things. With Chandler, I love Chandler as a pass catching back. He does have high upside. So I would say if this is redraft, and if you have space, grab both. You know, grab both. I prefer uh, Chandler in, in a dynasty setting, and I prefer Gaskins in a redraft setting. Both guys are excellent. I've been grabbing more Gaskins in dynasty right now because he's free and he's cheap. But definitely Ty Chandler has a lot of ceiling and he could end up as the starting back for the Minnesota Vikings as the season progresses. So, yes, I do love Ty Chandler a lot. Great question. So the first player on my list that I would grab if I was you guys right now was is Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, he's trending up. He's trending up. And we don't know what happens with Terry McLaurin's toe. Is Terry McLaurin's toe fine? If his toe is fine, then, hey, guess what? Jahan Dotson is just a number two, right? But he's still a number two that has high upside. If you watch the Commanders games closely, you would see that Sam Howell is building a great connection with Jahan Dotson. So I love Jahan Dotson. I love what he brings to the table. He's a guy that tied rookies in touchdowns uh, last year, right, with um, seven touchdowns. This year, if he continues to ascend, you are looking at a player that can possibly get eight to 900 yards, possibly even more, possibly even more. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. Can Sam Howell support two 1,000-yard wide receivers? I don't know, and I don't think so. Even though I'm a Commanders fan, I can't be biased. It's just in that enemy system, they run a spread offense. So even in Kansas City, you didn't really see outside of the special guys in Tyreek Hill and Kelsey – getting a lot of, you know, targets, they spread the ball. If you're open, you're going to get the ball. And Jahan Dotson gets open over and over and over again. So I'm looking at Jahan Dotson as a guy who's going to at least, the floor is 800 yards receiving. The high, you're looking at 1,100 yards. And I don't say that because I'm a commander's fan. I say that because Jahan Dotson is that good. And even if Jahan Dotson is not that guy that gets 1,000 yards this season, he's a guy that can lead the commanders in touchdowns. He's a touchdown getter. And we saw it in the in the in that preseason game. We saw it in a small sample size in that preseason game where he was able to catch the ball and run into the end zone. So you're looking at a guy who could have double digit touchdowns. Look at it this way. You guys remember Julio Jones? And then on the other side, Calvin Ridley, right? Calvin Ridley was the guy getting the touchdowns while Julio Jones was the guy getting the yard. So it could be something similar to where you have two top 25 wide receivers in fantasy between Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. That's a very much a great possibility. So keep that in mind. Now, moving on along, the second player that I would say target in your fantasy drafts. Now, I'm talking about redraft. I'm talking about dynasty. doesn't matter. Christian Watson. Christian Watson was also that other wide receiver that had seven receiving touchdowns alongside with Jahan Dodson. Christian Watson is in an offense that 
is a, it's, it's the unknown, right? So anytime you have these offenses with the unknown QBs, a lot of times these guys are going to dip in the ADP, right? People are looking at Jahan Dotson and possibly redraft in the seventh, eighth, maybe, yeah, seventh, eighth round, maybe ninth round, depending on how much hate there is for commanders, right? Christian Watson, he's the number one wide receiver in that offense. We don't know if Jordan Love is going to be good. We don't know if Jordan Love is going to be bad. Anytime you have a new quarterback, a lot of times people are unsure, right? When Patrick Mahomes got his first crack as as a starter, actually a full-time starter, he was going so late in the draft. When the people figured out how good he was, it was a little bit too late. So all I'm saying is Christian Watson being that, being that, being that number one wide receiver, he's going to command a lot of targets. And we already seen that he knows how to score touchdowns. Granted, you're going from Jordan Love, from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. It's a major drop-off. But at the end of the day, Christian Watson is talented. He has the speed. He has the size. And he's going to build upon what he did last year. So you have Jahan Dotson. You have Christian Watson. For me, my redraft strategy, guys, is pretty simple. I always go after the wide receivers in their rookie, well, in their sophomore years, guys that you like, guys that you're unsure of, right? Are they going to trend up? Are they going to trend down? You don't know. Last year, I was snagging Jalen Waddle in the fourth round of redraft leagues. Why? Because nobody trusted Waddle for, for, for okay, he had a great rookie season, right? But at the same time, you bring in a Tyree Gill. So, you, so you're looking at Waddle like, oh, Waddle is not going to ball out, right? The same way you're looking at Jahan Dotson right now, they have Terry. Oh, Jahan is not going to ball out. Or you have Tua, who hasn't really ascended as a QB. Oh, Tua isn't good enough to support two wide receivers. We're seeing that again here with Washington and then even with uh, with uh, Green Bay with the unknown. So definitely you want to go ahead and grab these sophomore guys who have the upside, who have the potential to be something. And then if they are, they end up becoming league winners for you. So in the fourth to the sixth round, fourth to the seventh round is where you're going to target a lot of these different uh, guys. So um, you have John Dotson, you have Christian Watson. The next guy, let's stay in that trend. Let's stay in that mold of sophomore wide receivers. I'm going to go Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks was in a prime position before DeAndre Hopkins got there. We all looked at Traylon Burks and said, man, this guy's going to command a lot of targets. We kind of looked at him like we looked at Christian Watson in terms of commanding targets. But at least Christian Watson has Romeo Dobbs and has some of these other different guys that, you know, can take away targets. In Tennessee, who was it? Kyle Phillips, uh, Westbrook Aquina. They really didn't even have any other guy to take away targets from a guy like Traylon Burks. But even with DeAndre Hopkins coming to Tennessee, I love Traylon Burks even more. Guess what? Traylon Burks will be going against a lot of these second-tier, third-tier corners, right? So that's opportunity. There's still targets to be had. The rebuttal is the Tennessee Titans have a, run, a rushing offense, a running offense. At the end of the day, you still got to pass the ball. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to command 200 targets. He could, but he's not. You're going to invest in Traylon Burks, a guy that you drafted in the first round, a guy that you believed in. So I do like Traylon Burks. He's going so late right now in drafts. Not only that, he's hurt. So his value continues to dip, 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 and dip. So that's another guy that I am targeting heavily. Now, you guys are probably saying, Manny, you, you've talked about four wide receivers, three, three, or four, three or four wide receivers so far, and you have not mentioned a running back yet. The way I am with running backs right now, I'm leaning towards a zero RB strategy, both in dynasty and both in redraft. 
Now, in redraft, you have to go ahead and grab your backs in the first three rounds just because of the lack of running backs as you go down further. If you're going to do the full um, RB, zero RB type thing in redraft, you're going to end up with guys like Ty Chandler and Gaskins and Brian Robinson Jr. And those kinds of guys will be available for you super late, guys like Rashad Penny. So it's not the wisest thing to do the zero RB strategy in redraft just for the simple fact that you can get you a Jerry Judy who's falling right now, but when fully healthy, he could be that number one target for Russell Wilson. We saw what Jerry Judy was able to do last year, the last uh, five weeks of the season, last six weeks of the season. Those things are going to translate into the season potentially if healthy. So when you have so many good wide receivers coming to the league, right? Especially in redrafts where you have like five bench spots, all that means. And then you have typically, two or three starting wide receivers, two running backs, right? A tight end, a running back, I mean, a, a flex, and a quarterback. That means you do, you're not filling up a lot of spots. There's, there's still plenty of receivers out there in free agency and could potentially be on your bench. So with that being said, it's better to go ahead and grab the running backs. Now, the running backs that I trust in redraft, you have B. John Robinson, right? He's still young, and he has not gotten hurt yet. So when they're young and they're fresh, you want to grab them, especially if you think their upside is high. Two, a guy like Austin Eckler, who I know is a PPR monster, and he's been fairly healthy, knocking on wood. I, I pray he continues to be healthy, at least for this season. Um, then you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who's been healthy last year. We know who Christian McCaffrey is when he's fully healthy, possibly the best running back we've seen in a long time, the best running back in the league when fully healthy Christian McCaffrey. So those are guys, three guys that I feel are first round worthy and then have the highest of all highest elite upside. When you talk about situation, even B. John Robinson being, being an ATL, being a first round rookie drafted running back, they're going to use them. And the NFL system is to use these running backs, run them to the ground, and then they end up like Jonathan Taylor. That's just what seems to continue to happen. Sometimes you draft a back who has star potential upside like the Jets did with Brees Hall, and then you go ahead and you grab a Dalvin Cook in free agency. So that's why I'm kind of – there's a tier for me. You know, if you go by tiers, you'll be fine when selecting your running backs, especially in redraft. So those are the three guys I'm leaning towards getting in the first round. Now, Austin Eckler and CMC, those are guys that I can grab in the first five picks of my redraft. Now – Bijan Robinson being a rookie, he's going to be a guy that you get the last six picks of your first round. It's up to you to know where you want to go ahead and grab him. I'm a Bijan Robinson guy. I was a Saquon Barkley guy when he came into the league. I was a Christian McCaffrey guy. So I'm that guy in redraft that grabs a lot of these rookie backs. Why? Because I grabbed them at value. Last year, I was able to get uh, Brees Hall a lot in my leagues in the fourth round. And Brees Hall was doing great. He was doing excellent as my third, fourth back on my team until he got hurt. And that's the biggest piece. These running backs do get hurt. So in your redraft leagues, you want to end your draft with anywhere between four to six running backs, especially if you're going to be an RB guy or if you're going to flex an RB, you're starting three RBs. You want to make sure you have anywhere from four to six backs. Now, my next tier after my three elite guys being CMC, uh, Eckler, and Bijan Robinson is that next tier, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. Those are two guys that are going to get at least 25 to 30 carries a game. They're going to get the touches. 
Most times it's carries, but it doesn't matter. You you always hear, oh, this guy just runs the ball. He doesn't catch the ball. He's not a PPR back. It doesn't matter. Nick Chubb is a guy that can get you 300 carries in a year, get you 15 to 1,800, 1800 uh, yards in a year, and then you're talking about 15, 10 to 15 touchdowns, sometimes even more. So those are the, those are those next two guys that are like that next tier down, which is Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, these two guys are consistent. You know what you're going to get. And if you're smart, you want to grab Nick Chubb. He's going to go in an early second round. He's that good. He's that elite. If you're getting Nick Chubb in the middle to the end of the of that second round, then you've won because Nick Chubb is that great. Now, you ask me this. How about those elite wide receivers like the uh, Devontae Adams and, and Cooper Cup and this guy and that guy? I get it. You might not have a Cooper Cup. You might not have a this guy or that guy, but guess what? You're going to have some other wide receiver hit that you grab between rounds three to six. Let me give you a prime example. Garrett Wilson. Last year, I was in on Garrett Wilson. I was grabbing him at the end of my rookie drafts. This guy ended up being the rookie of the year, and he ended up doing lots of great things, right? He now has Aaron Rodgers. So of course, his stock is going to be higher. He's going to be a guy that goes mid to, to late second round now. Right, but he but he could have been a guy without Aaron Rodgers that you grab a little later, and then he's going to ascend. So you're still going to be able to get some of these guys. Like I said, there's so many wide receivers. When you talk about guys like Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson going in the sixth, seventh round, Terry McLaurin going in the fourth round, Amari Cooper going in the fifth, sixth round, and that was a guy that was a wide receiver one. So you're going to have these receivers. They might not be Devontae Adams, but I guarantee you this. You go RB first and your RB stays healthy. You're looking at a guy like a CMC or even like a guy like a B. John Robinson, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, some of these consistent pillars, right? They're going to give you that maximum effort, that those maximum points out of your RB. And then you can compensate with a tear down or two tears down off of these wide receivers. What happens if A.J. Brown goes down with injury, knocking on wood, and he was able to get a Devontae Smith, let's say, in the fifth round or something like that, right? It's crazy. Then he ends up being a wide receiver one. So the, the the goal is secure your RBs however you get them, whether it's late, whether it's middle, whether it's early. And then you want to go ahead and try to hit on these wide receivers that you feel can be top 12 wide receivers. It doesn't matter where you grab them. It's about grabbing them with value. A lot of times I grab a Travis Kelsey at the end of the first or even early second because you know there's only one Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey that is a drop-off, a slight drop-off, maybe a tier or two drop-offs to guys like Mark Andrews and Hawkinson, which is that next tier of tight end. So you have to know where you're valuing your guys in the drafts. So a tight end that I'm interested in that I'm excited about this year is TJ Hawkinson. And after I talk TJ Hawkinson, I'm going to talk to you guys why you should go Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson in redraft. But first, TJ Hawkinson, he is going to command a lot of targets. And if there's any quarterback that you should be grabbing this year, late in your drafts is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins will have a career high this year, both in passing yards, passing touchdowns, efficiency, all of that. All of that, just because of the weapons that he has. When you add a TJ Hawkinson in a full year of camp and everything, and then you, you draft the Jordan Addison, who I felt was the second best wide receiver in the draft, second to JSN. Those are reasons why Justin Jefferson might not get the amount of targets that he got last year. Well, you say, oh, Justin Jefferson, he's the best receiver. He's this. Why would you not feed the best receiver? 
He now has help. Why risk injury? Why overexert a guy like Justin Jefferson when you can get that same kind of impact from other guys like TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne? All these guys are threats to a guy like Justin Jefferson, opposed to a Jamar Chase. Yes, he has T. Higgins, right? But that has not affected what Jamar Chase has done. Outside of T. Higgins, okay, you have Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's in the mold of uh, 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 K.J. Osborne, okay? Then you have a guy like, um, let's say, Irv Smith, right? Who's really worried about Irv Smith, right? There's more weapons in Minnesota passing game. They've tried to improve that, right? So at least you know who T. Higgins is. You know what T. Higgins can do, and T. Higgins has worked well with a Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase was still able to ball. But we have not seen what Justin Jefferson looks like with a rookie of the caliber of Jordan Addison. We have not seen a full season of TJ Hawkinson with a Justin Jefferson. So these are real things. And then KJ Osborne, who had a mini breakout last year, he's not going anywhere. And it's just it's just better team-wise for the Vikings to get all these guys involved than for our self uh, our selfish reasons of Justin Jefferson commanding X amount of targets. We want him to have X amount of I'm going to go out on a limb and say Justin Jefferson does not catch 100 passes this year. You, you can say I can put him at 89 to 90, but I just don't see 100 this year just because I just feel like that Vikings offense is going to be that good. Now, the only way is if the Vikings are just ultra trash and just ultra terrible to where they just have to pass to continue to come back, then that's a, that's a slightly different thing. I do think that the Vikings improved this year. Um, I just don't see Justin Jefferson duplicating what he did last year. Now, not saying he's going to have a bad season. I don't think Justin Jefferson is this year's wide receiver one. He might be wide receiver four, wide receiver seven. Stephon Diggs, right? He was wide receiver one. What did he do the next year? So when these guys are wide receiver ones, one particular year, ask yourself, how has that receiver, what did that receiver do to get to that status again? Now, this is not the days of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was one of a kind. He was one of a kind, and Roethlisberger was one of a kind. And those guys had one of the best connections I've ever seen in my life. And they ruined it because of this beef, that beef. This guy said this. This guy said that. We got Mike Brown in the building. Appreciate you hopping on the stream, man. Um, so so that's that. There's there's all kinds of different strategies that you can uh, deploy when you are, you know, trying to get your team uh, together. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just what I like. That's just what I like. Different strategies, different things, trying to figure out values in your in your dynasty or fantasy drafts, redraft leagues. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm actually in the middle of a, a draft right now, and we are moving. Uh, this draft is uh, Scott Fishbowl, uh, a mirror league. And the coolest thing with this league is that there's different unique rules, right? You have the tight ends. They have their tight end premium. And then you have your running backs who have a nice little premium to it. You got, I mean, it's just so, it's just pretty much amazing. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much amazing. You can kind of build your team how you want to build your team. So I just took Justin Fields and then I took Nick Chubb. Just because in this league, when you're getting these carries, when you're getting the workload, running backs are more valuable than wide receivers. They're more valuable uh, than, than tight ends, so to speak. So there's different ways that you can build. But, um, yeah, back to 
uh, certain players that I'm going to grab in this draft. Let's let's look at some deep sleepers. Let's look at some deep sleepers. Now, you have the Colts who the GM is beefing with Jonathan Taylor. The GM and the owner, they rather help a fish, the animal who is in, is in need. But you don't want to pay your franchise running back, right? So I heard rumors that there was a trade offer. The Colts wanted Jalen Waddle from Miami for just for Jonathan Taylor. We all knew that Miami was interested in Jonathan Taylor. But it's funny to me because a guy of the caliber of Jalen Waddle, when it's time to pay him, right, he's going to command over $20 million a year. He's just that caliber of player, right? But a guy like Jonathan Taylor right now in the RB market, you're not getting more than $11 million a year. So how is that fair value? So you can just say that the Colts did not want to trade Jonathan Taylor. They kept him on that pub list. He's going to have to recover from his ankle. It's just so much beef, so much going on that I don't think that relationship can ever be fixed, right? So with that being said, who is going to be the starting running back for the Colts week one? You have Deion Jackson, who has had, you know, some spot starts here and there and then kind of filled in well, can catch the ball, can run the ball. That's the guy I'm grabbing late in drafts, late in my redrafts. Second to last pick, last pick, around there towards the end, give me some Deion Jackson. Zach Moss is still recovering from injury. We don't even know if Zach Moss is ready. He's going to be ready week one. And then you have Evan Hall, a rookie or a guy like Deion Jackson. Give me Deion Jackson. I think he can catch the ball. Now, the greatest running back on that Colts roster right now is Anthony Richardson. And we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson in just a minute. Mike Brown says, how do you feel about drafting fields? Depends on what kind of league. If I am in a redraft league, Fields is a great pickup, but it's all about where I'm drafting them. I don't like to go quarterbacks early. I go quarterbacks late. But for a guy like Fields, if it's a, a, a league where touchdown passes are worth four points, then Fields is the guy that I'm going to target in the fourth round because I know he's going to run the ball and get those rushing yards. It's going to elevate him higher than most QB. So, yeah, I like Fields a lot this year, especially in redraft. I do have some stocks and some shares of uh, uh, fields in dynasty. I'm just hoping that he stays healthy. These running quarterbacks, they tend to get hurt. So you make sure you have his handcuff. Uh, Tom Sports, what's good, my brother? Tom Sports, my guy. Manny, coach just signed Kareem Hunt. It just makes so much sense. I do not know why Kareem Hunt or even a guy like Leonard Fournette haven't been picked up. This might mean that the Colts are not serious about winning. Just think about it. You're going to run, you're going to go into this season with Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, and Evan Hall. Three guys that are unproven, three guys that are not, they're not good. They're not good. But you have a guy like Kareem Hunt, you know what you're getting out of Kareem Hunt, right? You have a guy like Leonard Fournette, you know what you're getting out of Leonard Fournette. Does it mean that they don't care about the development of Anthony Richardson? Does it mean that they want Anthony Richardson to run more? Because you would think you when you get these rookie QBs, you want to surround them with as much talent as possible, right? And with this whole Jonathan Taylor situation, it would have been a beautiful thing running that pistol offense with Jonathan Taylor and having Anthony Richardson, having that rushing attack. But with all that being said, that hasn't happened. So so that's that. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree with you, Tom Sports. The Colts should definitely grab a Kareem Hunt. Uh, but yeah, man, hey, I am excited for this season so far. Um, lots of different uh, strategies. Oh, a running back that I'm very interested in, 
this year in redraft is Derrick Henry. And I don't mind. I, I mean, I've talked about it earlier on in the show. I don't mind taking Derrick Henry as early as 204 in redraft leagues. It's like in the early second. He's that good. He's going to get 30 carries. And even though the Titans are going to have a new offense this year, this could be Derrick Henry's last year in Tennessee. So you can bank that he's going to go out with a bang. And do not be surprised if Derrick Henry is traded before the season is over. I'm not saying that that happens, but it, it could happen. You know, you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Derrick Henry, you're competing, you're competing for playoffs, you're competing for a Super Bowl. Anytime you go ahead and you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, that means you're serious about winning and you're trying to contend, right? But what if it all goes bad? What if Tannenhill sucks, right? What if Tannehill is trash? Do you go Will Levis? If you go Will Levis, Malik Willis, it's not going to end well for the Titans. I just don't see how neither one of those two guys, Will Levis or Malik Willis, can elevate this team if things go bad. And if it's still before the trade deadline, you could see a possibility where Derrick Henry is traded. Either way it goes, Derrick Henry is elite. Just imagine a guy like Derrick Henry on the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine Derrick Henry on an offense with the Eagles. That was a, that was a rumored thing, right? Imagine Derrick Henry on the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a difference maker. He's one of the most elite running backs to ever play in the NFL, right? He's he's cut differently. He's like in that Adrian Peterson realm. Like those guys that train and train. He's like a LeBron James in terms of the way that he takes care of his body and the way that he trains. Yes, he's had injuries, but who doesn't have injuries? This is football. And then it's a, it's a, a position that, these running backs get hit so hard. And Mike Brown is pretty sad right now that, you know, Derrick Henry could leave. I'm not saying that he leaves. I'm just saying that this could be his last season because the way that the NFL is treating these running backs, they really, they obviously don't care, right? By the time that the best running back in the league right now in terms of age and production and upside in Jonathan Taylor, he hasn't gotten paid. So what is it telling you? They are devaluing this position. A guy like Saquon Barkley barely gets an extra incentive of nine, 900K if he does this, if he does that. So with what's going on with running backs, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah, Derrick Henry is the guy that I'm looking at. Now, let's talk about Stephon Diggs for a little minute. Stephon Diggs, still a beast, still playing with Josh Allen. And there was rumors that Stephon Diggs might get traded. He might leave. He's going nowhere. Stephon Diggs is here to stay, and Stephon Diggs is still going to be a top seven wide receiver this year, both in Dynasty and both in Redraft. So you want to go ahead and grab him. He's going to be as consistent as they come. If anything, you're going to get close to, you know, 100 receptions. Last year, what? He had 110 receptions. The last three years, here is Stephon Diggs' receptions. 127, 103, 110. And these are, if you're playing PPR, one point per reception, that's already 127 points that goes into his points total. So you want to grab him. He's been consistent in the last three years. He's averaging 1,400 yards receiving, and he's also averaging um, 10 touchdowns a game. I mean, 10 touchdowns a year. So if you're telling me I can get 110 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns, you want to grab him in redraft, feel confident grabbing Stephon Diggs in the second round. These are those special wide receivers that you can grab. And when you know you have him, he's going to give you consistent play. He's a guy that should go in the first round in some leagues. But then, you know, you have those teams that kind of lean towards guys like Cooper Cup, you know, 
guys like Jamar Chase, but you cannot forget a guy like Stephon Diggs. You cannot forget about a, about a guy like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. These guys, you know what you're getting. They are elite. And in PPR uh, format, these guys are going to get you 20 to 25 points a game. So you want to grab these guys because they're they're the model of consistency and you and you know what you're getting. So, yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs is still going to be very good. Josh Allen is still very elite. And you want to target these quarterbacks that are elite, right? Now, you have Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. You have um, Jamar Chase catching passes from Joe Burrow. T. Higgins is like two or three tiers down. T. Higgins is still nice. He's more of like a flex guy or your third wide receiver. I'm not trusting T. Higgins in redraft as a number two. I, I just I just can't. Um, I'd rather get guys like Waddle or guys like uh, Garrett Wilson. There's so many guys you can have as your wide receiver two on your particular team that are going to be better than T. Higgins. T. Higgins, for me, is more of a third guy, third wide receiver if you're starting three, and then a flex guy. That's where I feel most comfortable starting T. Higgins. Now, the dynasty world is going to think I'm crazy. But a guy like T. Higgins, just ask yourself, he's never been – let's look up T. Higgins for a second because I don't want to talk and just be talking. If you look up T. Higgins, there's certain things that T. Higgins has, has yet to accomplish. But yet, in the dynasty world, T. Higgins is just highly rated. Um, he's a young ascending wide receiver, this and that. But T. Higgins, here's his finishes in his three years in the league. Wide receiver 30 as a rookie. That's not bad. That's actually pretty good for a rookie. Wide receiver 22. So he's a low-end wide receiver too, right? And then he finished wide receiver 17 last year, which is a, you know, top-end wide receiver too. He's never finished more than wide receiver 17, but yes, yet we want to crown him as what he's not. T. Higgins is not a wide receiver one. I'm not saying that he can't hit wide receiver one stats. Let's look at the stats last year. 75 receptions, 1,000 yards, 42, and seven touchdowns. So in his career, he's been consistent. Six touchdowns, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns. So if, if that's his ceiling, six to seven touchdowns, then I'm going to need some more yards. Like getting over 1,000 yards barely in the last two years, that doesn't impress me. 74 receptions each of the last two years, something like that, it doesn't really impress me in terms of getting those guys that could be wide receiver once we talked about it early on in the show it's all about where you drafting these guys and value is everything t higgins is a marvelous player if you can get a t higgins in the fifth round of your of your of your redraft that's a great value and even drafting him there there's still guys that i might take over t higgins if Ju if jerry judy is fully healthy give me jerry judy over t higgins at least i know jerry judy is the number one numero uno going going competing with Cortland Sutton, who's done nothing in the league in terms of being consistent, in terms of 1,000 yards and, you know, this and that. Cortland Sutton hasn't done that. A guy like Marvin Mims, who, who's a rookie, you know what I'm saying? He's a baby. You know what I'm saying? Breastman like Similac, still wet behind the ear. So you have to look at situations. You have to look at guys that you know could be alpha males, alpha dogs as your wide receivers. Guys like Cooper Cup. A.J. Brown. Yes, A.J. Brown has Devontae Smith, who's a dog on the other side, but A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown. And Titans fans will tell you, Titans were foolish to let go of A.J. Brown. Devontae Adams, we all know what he brings to the table, right? Garrett Wilson, you're buying the upside. You're buying that Garrett Wilson could be Devontae Adams, if not better. But he's already off to a great start with what he did last year with the Jets, bump QBs. You can 
insert Aaron Rodgers and just think. Garrett Wilson had 1,100 yards last year with bumps thrown to him. You insert a Hall of Famer in the caliber of Aaron Rodgers who can still ball. And what I see most out of Garrett Wilson is that he has the potential to get 14 to 15 touchdowns. So he might be worth drafting a little high. So I look at the touchdown numbers for Garrett Wilson as something that could be pretty good. Uh, yeah, Mike Brown, big Titans fan. Uh, agrees with me that yeah, letting AJ Brown go was 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 pretty crazy. Jalen Waddle, he's a dog, but he still has Tyreek Hill to compete with. But when you're looking at a guy like Jalen Waddle, right, compared to a guy like T. Higgins, but people will swear up and down that T. Higgins and Jalen Waddle on are on the same level. I disagree. Rookie season for Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 17. That's pretty solid. He had his own offense. He was there by himself. He had 140 targets, and he was able to catch 104 of those for 1,000 yards, 15, right? And was able to get six touchdowns. But the beautiful thing with Jalen Waddle was his rookie season, he was able to get 104 receptions. And in PPR, that's all that matters, the level and the amount of receptions, the volume that you're able to get. Now, last year, you insert a Tyreek Hill, and you're thinking that his production goes down. This guy jumps 10 spots up. This guy was wide receiver eight. Sorry, uh, Jalen Waddle was wide receiver 13 his rookie season. I was looking at half PPR. In full PPR, he was wide receiver 13, and then he was uh, uh, wide receiver eight last year. And this is, mind you, getting less receptions. He had 75 receptions. He had 1,300 yards plus. Then he had eight touchdowns. That was what was able to kind of elevate this guy. So, there's all kinds of ways you can look at these different guys. Um, Tom Osborne says, I think T. Higgins could have 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns in Detroit with golf. I agree. I agree. T. Higgins is one of my favorite wide receivers in the entire league. But when it comes to fantasy, I'm never going to put him up on this pedestal because of his situation. You are playing with Jamar Chase. And I think that Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the league. I think that Jamar Chase is going to be the wide receiver one in fantasy this year, and it's not going to be close. I see people drafting Justin Jefferson over Jamar Chase, and I think it's a huge mistake, but I do agree with you. T. Higgins definitely has the potential to have 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns in Detroit. He's that good. What I don't like about T. Higgins is his, is his situation. He is competing with a guy like Jamar Chase. You will have a guy like Waddle competing with a guy like Tyreek Hill, but the kind of offense that they run and the way that they, they use Waddle and then the way that Tyreek Hill opens it up for Waddle, where he can do it inside and out. Higgins can't do what Waddle can do. And in PPR, you want to go with the guys that can get you the most receptions because just getting those one point per reception definitely boosts your points at the end. That's my time. I appreciate you guys. Uh, please like, please subscribe, please share. I'll be coming on with more streams. Be sure to subscribe to the Dynasty Overload podcast. This is an episode for the Dynasty Overload podcast. Um, I'm going to catch you guys on the next stream slash episode. And through the season, I'll be doing a lot of different things. I'll be doing uh, uh, waiver wire gems, uh, waiver wire pickups, uh, uh, trade advice, um, Dynasty redraft, keeper leagues, best ball. I'll, I'll be doing it all. I'll be doing more football content. The season kicks off next Thursday. I'm definitely possibly going to be coming on on Thursday. Uh, no. Wednesday to stream and preview that game heading into the big year. I'm going to catch you guys on that next one, man. I'm out. Peace.